Welcome to Married by Design. With everything going on in 2020 and going into 2021, do you find yourself struggling with discouragement or depression? Isolation, losses that we've experienced, and the fact that it's looking like it's going to go on for some time can really affect the way that we feel. That's what we're going to be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Well, welcome back to our show. We've been looking at how we're able as a couple to move through this challenging year and even move into 2021. We wanted to encourage couples that may be struggling to see how to change their perspective and to act on their faith, and how that can allow them to thrive in this time. We would encourage you to look at the previous episodes on the power of the husband-wife relationship, how to use our minds properly, and even the more recent ones on how to deal with fear and anxiety. Last week, we began to look at this issue of discouragement and depression. We believe that there are biblical answers for the struggles that we face in our lives. If you have made poor choices and are in sin, that will naturally lead to feelings of discouragement and depression. At some level, exercising a good diet and interacting with others can help depression. It is important to look at the root causes and address things that may be leading to discouragement, but you need to look at it on a deeper level of the heart to really completely address the issue. As we talked about last week, there are some physiological causes to discouragement and depression that may need to be looked at. What we're looking at here is the spiritual and mental aspect of discouragement. We suggested last week that hope is a key component of lifting us out of the fog of discouragement and depression. We looked at the practice that individuals in the Bible had that allowed them to rise out of the present and set their minds on the hope of things that they look forward to. Yeah, we have to manage the present and work through the issues that we face today. But our eyes can be on the road ahead, on the things that we look forward to as much as a child looks forward to Christmas morning. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the specific areas that we should have hope in. Fixing our minds on these areas will help us to move up and above our feelings of discouragement. Hope, again, is something that we look forward to in the future. This is a challenge because we want it right now, and we can be easily discouraged when things aren't working out the way that we want. Paul says in Romans 8.14, Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what one sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. David's a great example of having hope and expectation despite challenges and difficulties that he was facing that could have pulled him into discouragement. In Psalm 27, David describes the great difficulties that he was going through, but he also sets his mind on his hope and declares in verse 13, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's having a great hope in the midst of discouraging times. Now, we're going to be looking at three areas of hope from Paul's letter to the Philippians. 
It may be that in one area you struggle with living with an expectation of what God will do. If that's the case, surely you can find one of these three at least that you can focus on to lift your spirits and give you an expectation that God will work. The first source of our hope is our expectation that God will indeed help us and deliver us. Paul writes in Philippians 1.19, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Paul was expecting and anticipating God's deliverance from his present circumstances of being in prison. This whole letter really is amazing because it is so uplifting, encouraging, and filled with hope. And that's again while Paul is in prison. He lives in light of that hope of deliverance. This is the expectation that we should have, despite the fact that we are not guaranteed anything. Remember back in Daniel 3 with the three men that were facing the fiery furnace? They lived in the expectation that they, when they made that bold statement in uh, chapter 3, verse 17, Our God, whom we serve, is able to de- deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. They faced that great difficulty with the expectation that God would help, but they did not hold on to it relentlessly, as we saw in the next verse. And the psalmist likewise lives in that hope, and he goes through the difficulty that he's facing. In Psalm 46, it's written, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. In Psalm 121, it's a beautiful picture of the hope of a believer, of deliverance. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our hope needs to be firmly focused and grounded in the person of God. It is an interesting struggle in Psalm 42. The psalmist is struggling with discouragement and things that he's facing. It sounds very much like the way that we may feel with all the things going on this year and next year. As we saw in the last episode, he directs his mind and heart to, quote, hope in God. We need to live in a real hope and expectation that God will help us in the midst of the things that we're going through. He has not abandoned you. He has not hung you out to dry. He is there, and he will help you in the midst of all that you're facing, Look forward to that with expectation. The second hope that feeds Paul's mind and his heart is the hope that in the midst of his difficult circumstances, God will be honored. Look at Philippians 1 verse 20. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. This is so challenging for us in our idea of hope. Usually, when we think about our hope and our expectation for the future, it revolves around us. We focus on the relief and the help that we will have, what we have to look forward to in the future. And that is part of hope. But hope goes beyond our own desires. It's clear that Paul had the hope that God would be glorified. It can't be all about us and what we receive. Here Paul's hope revolves around God being honored in his life as he stands for his faith. His expectation is that going through this great difficulty, God would be honored and glorified. Is that your hope? Is that the focus at all of your mind? 
through all the difficulties and all the discouragement and all the trials, that you will handle them in such a way that God would be glorified, in such a way that others would look at you and see God's work and faithfulness in the midst of all these trials? We do have an amazing opportunity to be a light in the midst of this great darkness. This is what Paul said earlier in chapter 1. He was so excited that he had been able to advance the gospel even throughout the whole imperial guard. His attitude, seen also in Acts when he and Silas are singing in prison, had an impact on those around him. Paul is here languishing in prison, and he's living with an expectation and hope that his life and example are going to impact others and bring glory to God. That's right, and the third source of hope that should greatly encourage us and lift us through this present mire is the hope of the future in God's presence. The Christian has an incredible future in store for her or him. We should have an excitement about the glories of being with God and apart from all the struggles. That should help us look past the present difficulties. That's what lifted Paul up. He wrote in Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To die is gain. He was utterly convinced of his future and that helped him in the midst of the present experience that he was going through. He wrote in verse 23, My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. I think that phrase, far better, is an understatement. Paul says that we really have no idea how wonderful and how restful and how glorious that future eternity will be with Christ. The Christian needs to focus on the future that Paul anticipated and the Apostle John described. It is a future that is laid out both in the Old and New Testaments. The Christian's future is described repeatedly to put him in a place of consistent anticipation and hope. We are bogged down by the discouragement of the present and the falling world. Peter deals with this issue in his first letter. In this wonderful letter, he wrote to a group of Christians who were under persecution and great difficulty. Peter provided the life vest of biblical truth to lift their heads above the waves and keep them there despite the turmoil. He set their eyes beyond their present circumstances to a glorious hope that they needed to focus on. He describes it as a living hope and spends a significant amount of time describing the hope that they should have and that we should have. And here's how what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 3-9. He says, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through tested by the fire, may result in, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
Notice the words that Peter used to describe this living hope. The ultimate source of hope is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is his death, burial, and resurrection that guarantees the Christian's future life after physical death because Christ suffered in his place and was raised to prove his death was enough to secure the believer's future completed salvation. Peter described an imperishable inheritance that the Christian will receive because God's power is guarding that inheritance. That security caused them to rejoice in verse 6. That hope and joy were to be enjoyed despite their present circumstances and difficulties. Their trials were to be seen as an opportunity to trust the Lord and keep their eyes on the future coming of Jesus Christ. Paul likewise writes, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That's Romans 8.14. Paul places the struggles of his present life in the context of his future hope. The Christian's love for Christ was to create a joy that was inexpressible and full of glory and would be ultimately completed when he sees Jesus face to face. That's right, and Paul was not alone in his joy fueled by hope. Hope is injected into the pages of the Bible and believers' hearts who are facing difficulties. Job had hope through his great loss. He says in, in Job nineteen twenty one to 25 For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon this earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. Daniel was told of the coming tribulation, but also the hope of everlasting life. It says, And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That's Daniel 12, 1-3. And I want you to see that some who are wise would, again, shine like the brightness of the sky above in their ability to impact others. Isaiah faced the captivity and judgment of Israel with hope. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. It's Isaiah 60. Notice again the brightness and radiance of those with hope. This is seen again in chapter 65. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. This hope was the strength of believers who were looking forward to a better country that is spoken of in Hebrews 11. All these believers were carried and lifted above the waves 
by the hope that was fixed in their minds and hearts. You know, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. That's 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 50. The Christian will have a new body, but that is not the only thing the Christian will experience. That's right. The Apostle John wrote, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Well, that's a great thing to focus on. The full extent of all that we will enjoy cannot be described. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.9, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. The Christian cannot fully understand his future, but the glimpse is given to him in the scriptures to fill his mind and his heart with hope in the midst of this struggling world. We need to be more fully understanding what this blessed hope is. Paul prays that having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That's Ephesians 1.18. The result of this kind of focus and hope should be profound in the heart of the Christian. There should be a brightness and radiance in view of what the future holds. The Christian is called to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. That's Romans 12, 12. And later in Romans 15, 12, Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. In both verses, he links hope and joy. The Christian's hope is in the future, and that perspective dispels the discouragement and and depression today. We may understandably feel discouraged about our present circumstances, but locking our attention on those difficulties will pull us down. If we only focus on the here and now, if our heart and our eyes are set on the things above rather than the things of the earth, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, we will be greatly encouraged and excited. This is the power of hope. The Christian is unfazed by the events around him and the challenges that are to be faced. His heart and mind are set on a better country, and as a result, he can live a life of impact on others. His joy and conviction about the world to come compels him to reach those around him so that they could enjoy that same hope. Faith and hope are essential to live in a fallen world. And now for your homework, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to write a comprehensive list of all the areas of hope. What are the things that you need to set your mind on that you are anticipating and expecting? 
We share a lot of scriptures in this episode that tell of the great promises of God that we can put our hope in. Write those things out and discuss them as a couple. Think about those things and meditate on those things during the day. If you find yourself struggling with discouragement, pull out that list to review the things that will fill your mind with hope. Our minds should be filled with those things that we hope for. That's why this podcast was a bit longer. There is so much that we can have hope in. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray, God, as we go through these weeks, this new year of 2021, and we face the challenges, I pray that you would help us to have our eyes farther in the future, living in an expectation of your help and your rescue, living with an expectation that you will be honored in our lives and the things that, the way that we respond, and living with a hope of an eternity with you in a place that is so different from what we experience right now. Lord, help us to live in that hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to be looking at the third area that is often talked about in the Bible, love. Just as faith and hope are able to address heart issues that we're struggling with, this idea of love and our love for others can have a significant impact on our perspective and our lives in the midst of the new year 2021. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Thanks for being with us, and we want to encourage you to share this podcast with a friend right now. Until next time, we look forward to being with you on Married by Design.